everyone, welcome back to Three Men and Their Babies. Three dads, three very different scenarios. A usual scenario this week, though, as it is a cheeky twosome. Benny has had to go and do some dadding, as apparently his little girl Freya has been, as he put it, a pain in the dick all day, and his uh, good lady <laughs> needs help. So there's no Benny, just me and Adam. Hey, Adam, how you doing, buddy? Hello. Yeah, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Uh, no, no kids being pains in dicks today. Don't even have a general pain in my dick either, so um, I count that as winning at life yeah, at the moment. A, oh yeah, it's a red letter day at our age, isn't it? No pain in the dick. Yeah. It's great. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Knees are all right. I haven't been like groaning as I've been standing up for a while, so it's good. In, in good news today, something I'm proud of, I did a big run today. Nice. Uh, yeah, as part of my couch to 5k, it seems I haven't done a proper run in years. I think 2016 was the last time I did like a proper 5k or anything like that. I'm on week four of of the uh, however many weeks it is, which has shifted it up to three minutes of running, 90 second rest, and then five minutes of running. Wow. Uh, and, and when I say running, if you imagine, if you will, a, an, a late 30s, early 40s overweight gentleman kind of huffing and puffing their way slowly down the street. That was me at lunchtime today. <laughs> so it, it, it was well. It, it went well. I'm, uh, I'm feeling very proud of myself. And my knees aren't hurting as much as I thought they would, which is good. You should feel proud of yourself, dude. I know I've said this before, and I know you laugh at me and say, but whenever I see anybody who is, what you would say, out of shape running, I, I always say, like, in, like, good for you. Fucking good for you. Well done. Because some people exactly. haven't got the balls to do that or the bottle to do it, thinking that everyone's judging them or, and they're not. I've seen, I think I've said this before, but I've seen it when sort of people who are unfit or supposedly weak go to the gym. And people yeah. have said before, like guys in bodybuilding forums have said, I never judge those people. I think good for you. You're making an effort to do something. I applaud you for that. Well done. The, like we said before, making exactly. that first step and, Trying to fucking do it is so tough because it's so easy to just go, oh, who cares? Who fucking, like, what's the point? I'm just going to get, you know, I'm never going to get rid of this anyway. And you will. You will eventually. You'll do it. There's so many people have, and so many people have done it. So good for you, mate. And five minutes exactly. is a fucking yeah. long time. That's way oh longer than people realize when, you've, when you're fucking moving at speed. And, and it was like up a very gentle incline as well. Oh, wow. Which was just an absolute fucking killer. Like the first section was down that gentle incline <laughs> and then on a flat bit. And then I was like, oh shit, I've got to go back. So I can either... Where I live is really weird. Like it's not flat. I live in Lincolnshire, but the bit I live in isn't flat. There are lots of cambers. <laughs> it just gently goes up and down. And it was either a, a gentle journey back up or a really steep journey in comparison but a lot shorter so i went for the long one and i really regret it it was so <laughs> difficult <laughs> the thing is though now you've set that marker and i think that's the thing isn't it you don't have to be we've said before the amount of effort you have to put in to look a certain way is just not worth it we're not professionals we don't get paid no, to look exactly. a certain way or so even if next time you do five minutes and one second on that next bit, it's a pro it's progress. You're just making progress every exactly. time. Exactly, that's all you got to exactly. do. That's all you got to do. I've, ju I've just got to get the the day two done. If I can do the day two, then I can definitely do the day three. But that's that's the bit I always worry about. Is like, right, I've done the day one. I've done that progression from the previous set to this set. Oh my god, 
can I continue this set, though? That's a troubling thing. But p- part of the reason that I bring this up is I passed another jogger. And he was a guy, like, around my age, maybe a little bit older. And we did the man nod to each other. <laughs> not not the normal nod where you nod to each other, but the one where you kind of just lift your head up with your eyebrows up very quickly. Oh, yeah. And then just carry on doing whatever you're doing. It's it's kind of a reverse nod. If you're a man, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's like, immediately. <laughs> If you, like, just imagine you see someone come the other way and just go, you're right. As you say, you're right, you do that. You do that movement. It was that. And it just felt perfect. But it just made me think, like, that type of body language, how how do we learn that as, as like, dads or guys of a certain age? I don't because know. Because I don't remember doing that when I was younger. It was very much like, oh, you're right. And moving my head from, like, side to side like a, a cockney geezer. <laughs> it's, it, it was strange. There are so that many for the rest of the the rest of the run. That's all I could think about, as there well as like, oh my god, I want to die. <laughs> there are so many questions that I could, that I want to use coming off this. Why do okay. women have a women a woman nod when they see their friends? Because they actually stop and talk to their friends. They stop and chat. They will. That's true. Yeah, you, you know, they just see them in the street. Oh hi hi. Even if it's only only if, even if it's only seven or eight sentences. Hi, how you doing? How are the kids? How are the family? Blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff. Men, it is like you say. There's either the nod down, or we have to call it the don, because that's not yeah, the don. <laughs> so the don, right? <laughs> the don is the head up, eyebrows up, right, like that. You know, yeah. all guys know exactly what I just did right there. They can they can exactly. see it in their minds, and it's it is so, a reverse nod. <laughs> yeah, it's the reverse it's... nod. It's the don, and it's so. I don't know. I, I I've seen guys in the street. And I've been with my wife and gone, all right, like that. And she'll go, who's that? And I'll say something like, oh, yeah, we're, we're best friends for like two years, but I'm not seeing him for about eight years. <laughs> and that's yeah. it. Just like, what? Who? What do you mean? I'm like, I don't know. That's it. That's, that's the story. There's nothing else to say. Yeah, exactly. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. Why do we do that? And you're right, though. There's no, I didn't have to go to nod slash don class when I got to sort of 20 years old. Like now you're a certain age. You're expected to now yeah. know these man signals, these nods, and what they mean. No, you just walk past a guy you know in the street, and it's just all right. And it's so yeah. weird that we all develop it. We all develop it. <laughs> it it's like we've talked about before when we were talking about the uh, the knowing to bang your head at that certain bridge in Bohemian Rhapsody because of Wayne's World. You you have learnt that culturally, even if you've never seen the film, and it, it's the same thing. It's it's something that you pick up at some point. It is passed down to you from a slightly older gentleman, and you pick that up. And at a certain age, you go, you know what? I'll do that from now on, because other people are doing it, and I, I want to fit in with those other people. And this is all subconscious. It's not a conscious thought of, like, I want to I want to look like an old guy in the pub. It is just, okay, we do that. Us men, I'll do that from now on. <laughs> it's that's all I could think about on on the bloody jog. It was like, why am I doing that? Why did I reverse nod? Why did he? Why do we <laughs> well, do these things? It is the kind of it's like if you uh, you know certain certain owners of certain cars will wave to each other. My granddad used to own a Robin Reliant, which is the three wheel car from Only Fools oh and Horses. God. My granddad had one and drove it around. Whenever we drove past anybody else in a Bob and Reliant, he would flash his lights and wave at them. 
And I yeah. spent years <laughs> thinking my granddad had about 500 friends who he just knew around the county. <laughs> and he didn't. They were just Robin Reliant drivers. And it was like this unknown, hey, how you doing? Same car. Nice one. Cool. It was all, that's what it was. And I wonder if this is the same kind of thing. You just kind yeah. of, yeah, we've done some things together before, or I know you loosely, or like you say, you, yeah. you know, you're too... You're a bloke doing the same thing yeah. as me. Yeah. Isn't it shit? <laughs> yeah. I imagine the same thing would happen if two guys who do the exact same job turned up to do the exact same job at the same time. They'd start off with a, all right, mate, like that. Yeah. Because, oh yeah, we're both plumbers, or we're both bricklayers, or something, and there's your in to start talking about stuff, but... yeah. It's like when bus drivers pass each other in the buses. Yes, like exactly. occasionally, if it's if it's busy traffic, you might get lucky. And they might stop next to each other and have like a ten second chat. Most of the time, it's it's the old like nod or don, uh, <laughs> or like the little uh, <laughs> like when you're driving and someone lets you pass, just like lifting your hand up, just very yeah. briefly to say cheers, mate. Oh, it's so mad. I love it. Do you know what I said? Though? Like when you, when you passed him. Because clearly, if you passed him, you're you're kind of at least that day fitter than him. You should have gone, huh, nerd, <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> just like just to just to get one over on him. Like now, ha! Now I'm the master race. Now I'm the king of the species. I'm faster than you, you loser. <laughs> oh no, no, no! He was coming the opposite direction. I, I I have to say, I didn't pass him as in I was faster than him. And oh, so- <laughs> no, no, no. It was it was basically, it was just like two blokes walking to, towards each other and just going, you're right. <laughs> but like both of us just uh, in misery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's no fun. There's, there's, I told you before, yeah, there's no, there's no fun in exercising. The fun comes afterwards. There's no fun in that moment. Exactly. Just, it's the fucking worst. It's awful. I don't know... I mean, there are people. There are people who do enjoy it, obviously, and I, I enjoy it to a point. But the happiness comes after the exercise when you think, "Okay, I, I'm glad I did that. It was worth it. I've got my endorphins going. Got yeah. my positive mental attitude now. I feel a bit better." But oh, that's hilarious! But good on you, mate. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, an- another thing that happened is I had a house visit from a prospective buyer, because my house is on the market. Ooh. And I've shown them around the house, and we went upstairs, and the kids' rooms are upstairs. It's a three-story townhouse. So we went to the top floor, and uh, this, this old guy and old woman, I'm showing them around the different rooms, going to my lad's room, and they'll go, oh, this is Daniel's room. And I'm like, what? How do you know that? <laughs> and I was like, I was so shocked. Like, these absolute strangers coming to visit the house going, oh, yeah, it's Daniel's room. And I was like, what do you mean? How do you know my son's name? And then they just pointed to the wall behind me. And oh. I'd completely forgotten because it's been on his wall for ages. But he's got his name on the, okay. on the wall as part of this, like, big motif with, like, a kid with a Nerf gun and, like, little explosion signs and stuff like that. Because he had it as a present, like, ages ago because he was really into Nerf a few years back. And I'm like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> you you haven't been stalking my family. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then I realised, like, that photo is actually, it's on the uh, the photos of the houses. So, like, anyone knows my son's name now. <laughs> oh, no. They know where Daniel lives here. <laughs> and, and they said to me, oh, yeah, we, we saw it on the uh, photos and uh, we, we had a little chuckle about it. And I'm like, okay, why are you laughing? But they didn't elaborate on that, but I assume just because it's like a typical boys' room 
is you just have something really big and stupid and childish on your bedroom wall. With your and name it got on me it. thinking, well, that's it. That's that's my room now. Yeah. I'm not going to put my, my name on my door. It's on the wall. Yeah. So if you come in, you know exactly whose room it is. But it got me thinking to like the type of stuff I had on my bedroom wall as a kid. And I had nothing like that at all. My My bedroom wall was crammed with stuff. Like, he's just got, like, one really big plain wall with his name on in that logo and no other posters or anything like that. Now, granted, he does only spend, like, every other weekend in that room, but I I do feel a bit bad thinking, well, do we need a bit more decoration in here? Or do I need to pull this sticker thing down so his name's not on there and he can have, like, I don't know, football teams or Avengers or something like that up that he enjoys? I mean... Uh, the issue is you have kind of know. doxed your own son, which is a bit which <laughs> is a bit bad. I mean, just you know, <laughs> that is weird though because that's true. George is the same, and I'm I, now you've said that. I was thinking back to when I was no, actually, because I would have been probably too young then. I wasn't sure when I started putting posters and stuff on my walls. At what age did I start putting pictures on of like my the bands that I liked or hot girls mm. or? You know, that kind of thing. And I was probably around about 13 or 14, I think, when I started doing that. And I started having banned posters or, you know, like all that usual kind of rate-like football players or American football players and that kind of stuff. But I don't yeah. know if posters are a thing anymore for kids. Like, does Sophie have any posters <coughs> on hers? Because she's like the oldest kind of no, out of all of our kids. No, the, again, no, she's got like some nice flowery, like girly girl, like like flowers and ivy type of vinyl sticker that yeah. we put on. Again, just to make it a bit more grown up for her. They have posters up on their walls at their mum's house. <laughs> My lad has just got a poster. And it's one that he got off his cousin, because his cousin was like real fan of Batman, and especially the Joker. And so his mum bought him a, a poster of the Joker, and he's terrified of it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a pretty horrendous picture. I'll have to send it to you afterwards. But like my lad's got it on, and he's like, oh yeah, I love it. He's exposed to a bit more like scary stuff, I suppose, with the type yeah. of stuff that we which, watched together. Which version Joker is it? Which one is it? It's not the film Joker. It is from the comics. Oh, it's uh, the comic? Yeah, oh, so like skinny, yeah. wide mouth. Oh, like that. What was that character? Was it Momo? Like Momo Joker. Oh my God, yeah, Momo Joker. <laughs> the Momo Mocha. Joker. Yeah. Or Jojo Joker. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know who the artist is, but it is basically, it's like his face. If I send it to you now, Put it in Discord. You, you can see. Or no, no, no. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna have to WhatsApp it to you because I've got it on WhatsApp. Okay, okay. So I'll send that. To, I'll send that to the WhatsApp group. But yeah, it is like pretty terrifying. I don't know if as a kid, even like an 11 year old kid, I could have slept comfortably in my bedroom with that on the wall. Jesus. Yeah. Okay, exactly. Yeah, that is vivid, isn't it? Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, like as but a yeah. piece of artwork, that is amazing. It's- Yes, gorgeous piece of artwork. But yeah, so they still <laughs> do posters. Yeah, that is quite and scary. stuff. I remembered all the stuff that was on my bedroom walls. And I've got distinct memories of like a couple of things. When I was very young, my mum put her own I, I hate I hesitate to use the word hand drawn, because it's more kind of hand traced or hand copied. Like big A3 drawings of various Disney characters. So like Mickey Mouse in Fantasia and Pinocchio and things like that. So from like the classic early 80s and before 
Disney characters. So she basically made her own posters, and I don't know if they were for me or if it was just something she did when she was a lot younger and had kept them, but I distinctly remember them being on my walls for a long time. But then my mum, when I was young, she used to work at a video rental store. Yes. All I got from her, from that store, was just film posters. From all of their promotional material, because they advertised the films in the store with posters, I got those posters afterwards. So I had so many different film posters, and one of them, the absolute strangest one, I don't know why I had it up in my room, I think my mum just decorated my room for me, was the Kylie Minogue and Jason Donovan film, I think it's called The Young Delinquents, or (laughs) The Delinquents. I had two posters of that. And I, d- I didn't really oh, like... Fabulous. I'd, I'd never seen that film. I, I'd never I've really never understood it. who Kylie and Jason were. I think it was Young Delinquents. It might just be The Delinquents. I'm trying to find the, the name of it. Candy Minogue film. Come on, Google. D-D-Magic. Magic. No, it's not Street Fighter or Biodome. Biodome. Oh, The Delinquents. Oh, it might not have been Jason Donovan. It was, it was someone else, but there was a... If if you Google the delinquents, doing it uh, now. Charlie Charlie Schlatter uh, was the other guy. It's basically there's like just a picture of them as like 1950s rockers. Kylie leant back very sexily while Charlie Schlatter is like snogging her neck. Oh my god! And yes, I, I had, remember that poster. I had that on my bedroom wall, and it, yeah, for several years as a child. <laughs> I'm just, like, reminiscing about that now. It, it does explain a lot about me. <laughs> That's bizarre. Do you know what I thought you were going to yeah. say? Genuinely, genuinely, I thought you were going to say nine and a half weeks. That's what I thought you were going to say. Because <laughs> I was thinking, what's the most inappropriate film I can quickly think of at that time that was yeah. still advertised and yep. was still kind of, like, available to rent. So it wasn't going to be, like, Emmanuel or because that was basically softcore porn. <laughs> it was obviously wouldn't going to be that. But I was thinking, I remember seeing a poster for nine and a half weeks when we used to go to rent videos from the video rental shop. Oh, God. And I thought it was going to be that. Right. Charlie Schlatter yep. is best known for betraying Dr. Jesse Travis, the resident student of Dr. Mark Sloan, Dick Van Dyke, in Diagnosis Murder. Oh, my... <laughs> is that him? Yes, that's the him. The blonde one. Oh, my God. That's him. I was just, I was just thinking... Crazy. Holy shit. Obviously, you know, obviously Kylie's acting career never took off, but who gives a shit? She's a mega famous pop star. I mean, one of the most famous pop... Probably the top five in the world, as in world famous. And I was thinking, yeah. oh, God, did that, did that guy go on to do absolutely nothing else with his life and just thought, oh shit, she like she made it and I never made it. Now that guy made it as well. Diagnosis murder. A staple of students in oh, Great Britain. A staple. That was amazing. Amazing program. Diagnosis murder and bargain hunt. They were the absolute staples <laughs> when, yeah. when we were that that like kind of college age, like post school, but before uni age. Ah. Oh. Yeah, you have like you have your lesson. Your lesson's bargain finished hunt. at half past eleven on a Monday, so you just go home yeah. and just watch Bargain Hunt and Diagnosis Murder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I'm glad you you now a peek behind the curtain. You did give us chance to prep for this question, which was very good because, as I said, when I was a teenager, I remember 
I had I did that fucking emo thing of writing down lyrics that meant something to me. <laughs> which which I have carried okay. on now and have and and have tattoos with lyrics on that mean something yeah. to me. So I've got I just carried on into uh, into adulthood. But I had that. I remember vividly having the Limp Biscuit significant other poster, which was the graffiti Fred Durst on the cover. And that I had, I had that as a poster. Yeah. I had I did have some kind of I think there were drawings that I'd picked up at a market. Can't remember what was on them, but I remember having some of those as well. I had loads of American football posters because I was obviously well, I'm still into it, but was really into it when I was younger. And I think I think I had some gaming posters as well when I was a teenager because at that time I had a I had an Amiga, an Amiga twelve hundred, and I remember getting some games and there was posters in them. And I, but I can't remember what games they were. But the fun side of this story is. When I was a kid, okay. so young, I was I was probably think I think nine, eight or nine. I was really into drawing, and I was quite a good for my age. I was quite a good drawer. Now, I can't. If you say to me, "Can you draw this?" and I've just got to use my imagination, I am useless. I am absolutely terrible. I can't okay. explain why. My skills do not transfer from my imagination to the pencil and then onto the paper. But if you okay. give me but if you give me a picture of something and say, can you draw that on that bit of paper? I can do it damn near exact. I don't know why I can do that. It's not a great skill. I'm just copying, but I'm not yeah. tracing it or anything, but I can do it. When I was younger, we had a project at primary school and the project was go through one of these art books and then copy a picture that you like onto an A3 piece of paper. And my picture was I did a big city skyline. I can only imagine it was New York or Chicago. or I mean, I don't know. It could be any big city yeah. in the world, basically, with skyscrapers. But the sun was setting. I, I did this picture, and I got rave reviews for this picture. People were... Nice. I mean, looking back on it now, you know, I'm fucking acting like I was fucking Van Gogh or something. But <laughs> in my mind, people were saying, holy Christ, this is unbelievable. How did you do this? This is really good. And I, But I do remember it got showed at like a school's kind of arts fair thing. Because I remember my teacher saying to me, can I take this with me? Because the school is having some of its students work shown at, I think it was a university or so, I think it might be Manchester University or something. You know, like oh, local kids kind of artwork and stuff. So I said, yeah. oh yeah, of course. So I did that. Now, in my bedroom at home, I had, you came to my, you came to my mom's house, didn't you? Yes. Oh, so yeah. as you walked into my bedroom, the left-hand side wall when I was a when I was a young gun was completely blank. There was no cupboards on it, no wardrobes. It was just blank with a desk there. That was all that was there. It was okay. a desk and a chair just to I don't know draw or paint or whatever. It was wood chip wallpaper, classic nice. fucking cheap council house. <laughs> Shout out to Pulp. I think is it in year two thousand where they think about wood yep. chip on the wall. Yeah, classic wallpaper. I'm lying in bed one night looking at that wall, and I'm thinking in my head. I wonder if I can recreate my skyline picture on that wall. <laughs> not <laughs> not on a piece of paper and then yeah. put the paper on the wall straight onto the wall. Okay. Unbeknownst to my mum, because she only kind of, when you stood at my doorway, if unless you were looking at that wall, it was kind of in a blind spot because you were looking into the room the other way because that wall was right on the doorway. So you couldn't, it was like you couldn't kind of sometimes notice what was on that wall. So I thought, yeah. I know what I'm going to do. I'm gonna... <laughs> so fucking dumb. If Georgia did this, I would fucking kill her. I stole a load of chalks and charcoals from school okay. and started 
and started to basically do a whole wall-sized mural on my wall at eight years old. Charcoal, chalk, (laughs) the fucking whole nine yards. Oh my God. Of course, I get about halfway through it. And then at that point, it's too big not to notice because there's my because my white wall is now black and kind of an orange hue. Oh my god, for the sunset. it was white. Yeah, and it was white. And my mum went fucking ballistic. I mean, and I couldn't under- in my kid's brain. I'm thinking, well, it's not even finished. Can I at least finish it before you go nuts? Because like, it's not even finished. And she said, Daniel, no. Like, we can't... This is a rented house. You don't understand. This, these things don't work. <laughs> like, we don't own this wall. You can't just charcoal and chalk this entire... Oh I was God. standing on my chair to reach, obviously, towards the ceiling. When oh, I say yeah. this was like... Yeah, you've fl- got to do that. When I say this was floor to ceiling, it was damn near floor to ceiling. And, half oh the, and it was a big wall. Half the wall. Probably... I'd probably gone about three or four foot across before she noticed. And at that point, obviously, it's yeah. starting to encroach into her eye line. But yeah. And then I had to, and then I spent two weekends scrubbing it all off with soap oh. and water and stuff. But honest <laughs> to God, it was such... And, and I'll say something else as well. It didn't look good because it was on wood chip. <laughs> it wasn't like... It's not a nice flat surface. So it wasn't like I could do details or anything because the wood chip... It's all kind of bobbly wallpaper. If you don't know what wood chip is, folks look it up but it was what they basically put into council houses back in the 80s yeah it's just a cheap shitty wallpaper but it's bobbly it's like like not but it's like it's kind of like a braille kind of like there's lots of small bobbles in it so yeah, you can't it's not chips. flat yeah it's yeah it's not flat so i'm thinking so then obviously i'm thinking oh, I'm, a fucking, I'm an artistic genius i can overcome these small bobbles with my chalks and charcoal but no i couldn't didn't even look that good but yeah oh. You see, Mate. what you should have done is rang your teacher and they could have come round and done a bit of like a, a local council with a Banksy kind of thing and put it behind some plexiglass. I had a word with your landlord and just say, you know, this this is an important cultural artifact. We can't paint over it. Yeah, and like even now, now like installation, like 20 odd years later, that, that could still be there preserved behind that plexiglass. Some small five year old child looking up at it in wonder. <laughs> Why did he never finish it? I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, because his mum fucking beat the shit out of him. That's yeah. why. For basically wrecking the wall and maybe getting him thrown out of their house for fucking graffiti in it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, oh, Timothy, you can't God. put your Paw Patrol poster above that. That's sacrilege <laughs> to the art world. <laughs> why did I even no. think to do that? I can't believe. Oh, God. I can't believe why. Because you're a I kid. I know, but like Georgia, dude, every kid Georgia was drawn on the wall. I mean, not that, but has Georgia ever done like such a noble and worthy piece of art that's been taken to Manchester University? To, <laughs> I guess not, but she's never drawn on the she's never drawn on the wall either. So exactly, well, one precipitates the other. Yeah, so true. if she hasn't done the first one, then you're not going to get the second one. Now, the, the big thing that I had on my wall, this was after the hormones hit me, and I had this. <laughs> For a long time. And a lot of guys our age will remember this picture. It's a, a famous photo called The Kiss by Tanya Chalkin. Oh or my god, yes. And I'll just uh, put it in to... Uh, I'll just drop it into our Discord chat. 
that's the best photo <laughs> that a teenage boy can have. Uh, so just to describe it to you, it's a black and white photo of two ladies laying on a bed next to each other with their eyes closed, just embracing each other in a loving embrace. Not pornographic or anything, there's no nudity, although there is some slight skin showing. But as a teenage boy, this was like pride of place. <laughs> in my eye line, wherever I needed to be in my bedroom, I always made sure I could see this picture in case I needed a glance at it and just a <sighs> kind of moment, just a moment of reflection uh, and inspiration, possibly. But th this followed me to <laughs> <just> university. <laughs> but this followed me to university, this did. And it was only until our third year of uni that I took it down and I didn't have it up. Bearing in mind, I got a girlfriend who's the mother of my two oldest children at university and we lived together in a house, just us two, for <laughs> from the second year onwards. So she was quite happy with me having it on, on the wall. I assume she didn't say anything, but it did mysteriously disappear one day. So... <laughs> Oh, you didn't take it down. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I say I take it down because I don't. I I like to imagine that I'm the one who got rid of it and just put it away somewhere, and and was the more mature man who said, "I'm done with these childish things. I've got broadband now. I don't need a black it's, and white poster." Yeah. That's a fair <laughs> point, actually. Yeah, this yeah. is back in the day when we couldn't get access to maybe boobies or women doing exactly. Things to each other. Exactly, point. but but then as soon as it got broadband, it was all about ah oh, yeah, I c I can get those th that softcore Channel Five stuff whenever I want it now. So <laughs> two things, but yeah, that oh that that photo. I mean, I'm I'm a single guy now. Maybe I should just get and like a framed copy for my house for my bedroom <laughs> on your night yeah on your nightstand <laughs> exactly because uh, we're of the age now where we can have posters but they need to be framed and they need to be probably of some kind of more highbrow thing like a, a lovely like sunset picture on a beach with like a, a, a fishing boat in the distance some seagulls floating around or, or, or a delightful cottage with, <laughs> with flowers around it or something like the Hayswain. We need something like that. <laughs> Two things about this picture. I wonder yes. how many copies it sold. It has to be millions. It has oh, to be. Has to be. Every lad I everywhere. knew had that picture. Yeah, every lad yeah. I knew had that picture. And do you know what the other funny thing is now? Looking at it as a piece of artwork, it is a beautiful picture. It really is. Exactly. Exactly. Forgetting, that, forgetting... that was the excuse I gave. <laughs> yes, but Mum, it's nice artwork. It's beautiful artwork, Mum. Don't throw yeah. it away. I had to hide it behind like a big picture uh, from Ansel Adams. <laughs> oh, I had to like take down my uh, my picture of like Yosemite Park <laughs> just to see this photo whenever I wanted. Fucking shout out Ansel Adams, Jesus! There's a callback. But it is a yeah. It's a as a, as a piece of artwork. It is a beautiful piece of artwork. It, there's something very, I don't know. It is very, is like it. you say, it's that kind of... And this is something that, Christ, this is going to take a very quick, bizarre twist here, but okay, I've never been sexually attracted to women who just put it all out there. My ideal, my absolute ideal outfit that any girl I'm with can wear is jeans and a t-shirt. 
It's just so simple yeah. and classy. And when you're a teenager, that's not what this picture is. When you're a teenage boy, this picture is, oh my God, those two girls are kissing. I didn't even know girls did that. I didn't even know girls could <laughs> would kiss each other or want to kiss each other. This has blown my mind. And yeah, it's now the most sexual... picture, if you will. Yeah. Rick Mayo in The Young Ones when he's approaching Jennifer Saunders, going, <laughs> with like his lips curled <laughs> up. Yeah, it's that. It's that. That is your mind. <laughs> and it's the as a teenage boy, it's the most sexually charged thing you'll ever see. But now, as an older man, there is something that's very, not alluring, but that is way more interesting to me to look at than if it was just two women lying there naked. I'd just be like, well, yeah. I, don't, that's, I don't care. That's just weird. What is that? Whereas, again, to a teenage yeah. boy, though, that would be the best thing they'd ever seen. And there is something... Exactly. Strikingly... It ages like a fine wine, this yeah. picture. There's something strikingly beautiful about that picture. not And not even on a... Like, not a sexual level. And as like an attraction level. Because I've always kind of... It's like a weird kind of... Christ, again. Sorry, folks. This has just gone so far off. But, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I put it all out there. Whatever. There is a difference between just wanting to have sex with somebody and then also being attracted to somebody. It's a different, in my brain anyway, for me, it's always been a different connotation. There are women I look at and think, oh my God, I would just love to have sex with you and that's all day, just every day. And then there are other women I look at and my wife is this for me that I just, there's something just very alluring and interesting and i don't know like they just kind of grab me in a way that i don't understand and i've never understood it and i've said that i've said that to my wife a million times and she's always said to me why did you find me attractive and i honestly said i have no clue i don't know why but there was just something about you that made me want to be with you and not even in a sex way or anything just i just wanted to be near you and around you and just to talk to you and that's the kind of version of this picture. It's just interesting and beautiful and like kind of poignant in a weird way. And I think like especially when knowing how people are nowadays in 2021 and that they are more open. Exactly. This is now, you want you want bat an eyelid. No, you're looking at it now, going, "Wow, that's maybe that maybe that shows a same-sex couple just deeply in love, and that's a great thing." Yeah, well, and I know this... that sounds cheesy as fuck, but maybe it's just because no, I'm old. But it that's is kind of how it this... feels to me now. This picture is, I think, it's around kind of like twenty years old now. This, yeah, this it's about picture. that. And if you imagine twenty years ago, like on TV or other mainstream media, did you see any depiction of lesbians kissing, being romantic? You know, I being think... just a standard romantic loving couple. I think I remember the first ever time it was on television, and it was on. I'm sure it was on Brookside, and I'm sure it was yeah, the first, that was the first ever, ever lesbian. And kiss. it was a massive, like I mean, yeah. you would not believe how unbelievably crazy the news went over the first ever kind of televised lesbian kiss on British television. The fucking news went nuts about it, and that was only about twenty years ago. Yeah, which I was, is crazy. I think, I, no, I think that was longer ago. I think that was the eighties. Oh, was it really? Wasn't it? Yeah, Brookside. Brookside oh, back was to the, ages hang on, ago. Hang on. Okay, that's Google. <laughs> that's a Google machine. Uh oh, here we go. We're muddying up our browser history now. I'm adding a lesbian kiss. 
Call the midwife? <laughs> yeah. Rise of Skywalker? Yes, Anatomy. muddying up our browser history by typing in lesbian kiss, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, 1994. Oh, 94. So, okay, yeah, yeah. so We are looking, yeah, nearly 30 years ago. But still. But Exactly. And to be honest, that was just a kiss. And, and one with Anna Friel, I forget she was in Brookside. Yeah, yeah, else. yeah. But that was like the first mainstream depiction of lesbianism, I think. And if you don't watch Brookside, and I'm not sure many people our age did back then, no. that that's just going to, you know, go by the way. But to me, this was like, okay. In a way, it's almost like saying, well, lesbians aren't just some kind of sexual thing for you to fantasize about. This just shows a couple who are in love and being affectionate. And yeah, there's passion there. And there is a bit of kind of almost eroticism with it. It's all suggestive. And it's not just the eroticism. It's just two people who are in love and being passionate about that. And also... It's really well framed. It's really well taken. The contrasts with, you know, the dark hair on the models and the white kind of almost Calvin Klein underwear that they're wearing uh, and the white of the bed sheet that they're on. It, it's just beautiful picture. And these are all the arguments I gave my mum. And she went, that's disgusting, take it down. Yeah, again, this wasn't what we were thinking when we were teenage boys. Let's not get no, confused exactly. here. When we were teenage boys, I looked at this picture and thought, oh my God, girls do this oh my god yeah. <laughs> my mind has been blown <laughs> exactly but like taking it to university and having it up there i did get people come into my like room like girls and going oh i've got that up there and it was literally i'm having to explain like oh well actually i've got you know a, a photography a level and i've got like different photos i've taken with those same kind of contrast elements and i'm having to point those out and they're just like yeah yeah whatever don't believe you and i'm like no please believe me but i also <laughs> like it because they're kissing <laughs> yeah. as well there's still that bit there oh man I'll, i i wish i had that still not to like look up or frame but just because it's such like a big part of my formative years as a teenager like a focal point of of things like an image i remember very well a memento if you will of my uh, my my teenage years did they ever make it did they do a male version of the kiss oh, or would you that know what i i bet they i bet someone did now i reckon i reckon people have probably spoofed this with like like, oh, like yeah. the 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 journalists in bunny ear quotes uh, at nuts or zoo probably saw this and thought oh yeah we can get an, a bit of a racy cover of of our magazine where like just some nude women with like big silicon boobs copying this but i don't know if there was a, a male version i'm a god of the kiss this is just Tanya Chalkin. There is. There it is. I got it. Yeah, I got it. You see, so, okay, yeah. So I'm looking at it. So it's a it's a white guy and a black guy. Same thing. Oh like, yeah. One, one guy's in a t-shirt and briefs. The other guy's in a vest and briefs. Yeah. That's how I know that I now view that the girl version as just something that looks like a couple in love because I'm now looking at the male version thinking, yeah, that just looks like a couple that's in love and they're embracing yeah. and they're together and it's beautiful. You see, we've grown. Oh, I at don't it. know. That's what it is. I, 
I don't. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I, because I had it on a small picture, it looked more like a, a desperate kind of clenching of bodies together. But no, but when you look at the male version and you, you actually see that, you know, their faces are quite calm and oh, that's, that's a nice version. It's obviously not by the same artist. No. I don't know if the artist did similar pictures. Probably. I can see a Barbie version of Google Images, which is just Barbie wrong. version? Yeah, there's like a Barbie doll version. Of course uh, there is, because we can't have anything nice. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> one where it's like a, a skinny woman and a larger woman. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah like you there's, say, there's, there's going like, to be loads of spoofs, isn't there? There's going to be loads. Yeah, there's like a nuts version where it's just like two women lying on a bed, but like basically with the baps out. Yeah, oh yeah, there is, an, there is another male version as well, with like uh, two white men. One with like hair, one with really short cropped hair. Oh, I've not got that one. But anyway, uh, yeah, okay, so they, they did do a male version. But yeah, yeah. There, must have been, there must have been formative posters for young girls as well. You know, teenage girls that when they started to sort of notice boys or something. I wonder who that would have been. Oh, it's all boy band posters, isn't yeah, it? You're probably, actually, yeah, like, you're probably right. Cut, you're cut right. out from like Seventeen magazine or... Like, I don't even know if that's an actual girls' magazine <laughs> from when we were younger. It like, was. Smash, smash hits. Yeah. Like, uh, here's a, like, a press photograph. Like, they're, they're at a, uh, like, a, a record signing in a, in a HMV or an hour price. <laughs> and <laughs> hour there, there, price. There's, like, Justin Timberlake with his little curly hair. When he was in NSYNC and stuff like that. And I bet they were the formative things. You're right, actually. Dude, to be fair, I forgot I would have had a picture of Justin Timberlake. I love Justin Timberlake. <laughs> well, I, I did have several pictures of Sarah Michelle Gellar from Buffy. She she was, like, my first real love for, uh, like, a TV star who or film star who I need posters of on my <laughs> wall. Oh, yeah. Like, even now. Oh, even in the Scooby-Doo movie. Oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to um, do you want to do movie quotes or do you want to wait for Benny for that? Oh no, no, we'll do them because I think he said that he didn't really have any or he he had some big ones. Yeah, you're right, this is actually. something that we talked about on the on the last episode. We said we we did have it as a piece but we just didn't get round to it. But we were talking and I can't remember how it came up like with you because uh, you were the one who said, right, let, let's get these things together. But as, as a, a huge film fan, I, I got a couple through, two of which are from the same film. This was, yeah, sorry, I, sorry, just, yeah, this was movie quotes that we, that always stuck with us or that we thought were the most important or they just kind of, because everyone, I, I said last week about, it's like, if you love a movie with somebody, it kind of sticks with you and you can quote it together and, um, yeah, it was that kind of camaraderie around a shared experience of usually a movie. And yeah, so I just said to the boys, okay, what are your movie quotes that have just kind of stuck with you or that you love? So go on, mate, you can fire a couple of yours off first. Okay, now now one of them, from a film, a comedy film called Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. And it's not a rude film. It's basically a guy who I think he wrote or produced the Ace Ventura film. So he's in comedy. This was his own project starring him. Uh, Steve Odenkirk, I think his name is. And he took an old kung fu film from Hong Kong from like the 70s, restored it 
and then using all of the, the digital techniques that were available in the late 90s, inserted himself into the film. So, like, he took the old scenes and he replaced, like, the head of one of the characters as him and interacted with these actors who were, like, some of them are long dead, for example, and basically made it into a comedy film. He filmed new scenes, he put stuff into it, little background jokes, and dubbed over the whole thing to make it a comedy film. And there's one scene in it where, to help defeat the bad guy... This white guy, Steve, who's the the uh, the chosen one and is trying to defeat the main bad guy, Master Peng, who names himself for some reason in the film Betty. It's that kind of comedy film. <laughs> he is going through a marketplace. So it's like a, an old Chinese marketplace, lots of kids running around, lots of people like selling things. And he goes up to a, a vendor uh, and he basically quite calmly just says to the vendor, I'll take a pound of nuts. And the vendor, who in the film replies at a normal volume, and careful for your ears here, he just goes, That's a lot of nuts! That'll be four bucks, baby! Do what fries with that! And then he just like reacts like, Holy shit, why are you so loud? But just in his body language. And it's so unexpected that every time I see that scene... I burst into tears laughing. <laughs> I, I, it is my favourite piece of comedy on film because it's just so unexpected that he would just yell that for no reason. And like he walks off with the nuts. And this guy who's like in early, early 20th century, late 19th century uh, Hong Kong or China pulls out a mobile phone. <laughs> And just goes, he just left with nuts. Obviously talking to the bad guy. But again, it's like, okay, the guy's left. This guy's, he's going to be quiet now. And you're busy laughing. He does it again. And, oh, tears, literal tears down my face with that. <laughs> and that whole film is hilarious. It's one of the, my favourite films of all time. Because it's just funny all the way through. It's that kind of humour that you get in The Naked Gun or airplane films, that kind of meta crossing of genres type of thing. And it's just brilliant. Like, me and my brother absolutely love this film. It's one of the things we have bonded on in our lives, and we can just quote it for hours. I, I sent him a message the other day and said, oh, I've just been watching this uh, Korean program on Netflix, and one of the guys, because I'm watching it dubbed in English sounds like the character from this film. And then we're just, like, sending each other quotes about it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. You see, and that's like, why it's beautiful. That's oh, why it's beautiful. It's amazing. But th there's loads of other lines in it, like, the main bad guy, just because this guy who made the film had this scene and didn't know what type of... what lines to put in, he just made him say a joke that doesn't make sense. So this guy says... What do you get when you cross an owl and a bungee cord? And he's just pacing around with this whole crowd of people, like he's the head of this meeting, and everyone looks quite scared. And then he just says, my ass. And it makes no sense. But everyone just goes, ah, yes, what a great joke, Master Payne. Well done. For fuck's sake. And another line from The Chosen One. I've, I've got three. This is the last one. You killed my family. And I don't like that kind of thing. <laughs> just, now that's a good line. The 
lines. That's a good oh, line. so good. I like that line. Oh, dearie me. But yeah, and and the other one, I think that I'm I'm gonna let you get to yours eventually. the The other one that gets me, it isn't necessarily a line. It's it's a bit of it's a scene, and I find found myself quoting this in one of my Twitch streams recently, and I I didn't know where it was from. Like you know, we're talking about these things you pick up that just become the usual thing that you do. Oh yeah, you act out what you say. It was this, and I had to really reflect on what it was. And it's from the film Austin Powers, the first one. Now, I I love comedy films, and this was the absolute pinnacle for me at the time. Like, 97, 98 when it came out. And again, like this Kung Pao one, I just kept quoting it and quoting it and quoting it. Like, I used lines from it and words from it as, like, my Hotmail address at the time. And oh, like okay. my, yeah, my I know ex- what it is, yeah. Yeah, my, my Xbox ID at the time. But it's the scene near the beginning where Will Ferrell, <laughs> who is basically is he in blackface? I don't know. But he's got a fez on and <laughs> Doctor Evil is like, uh, Mustafa, I'm very disappointed in you. And he presses a button and Will Ferrell's like chair tips back and he falls down a trapdoor trapdoor and you see loads of flames and then a few seconds later all you hear is hello up there anyone can someone call an ambulance i'm in quite a lot of pain listen (laughs) i'm very badly burned (laughs) and it's just like a minute or two of just will ferrell interrupting dr evil's conversations by calling for help from this secret chamber where the the death pit didn't work and it was that I'm very badly burned that I was quoting with that same kind of like strained voice. But yeah, they're, they're some of mine. I do have one more, but I'll let you get to yours. So to, one of mine is the most obvious, cliched, maybe easily the top 10 most quotable films ever, which is Predator, which oh, is... Yes. I just love that film with all my heart. It's one of those films that was accepted okay when it came out, and now that I think around 2007 or 8, it got this kind of swell of, actually, this is a really fucking good movie. This is really mm. good. And for some reason, it's been kind of underrated for all these years. And now people understand, actually, yeah, this is actually an amazing movie and very well done. But this, I'm not, I don't need to do all the fucking lines, but there's so many references and lines in that film oh, that have just yeah. got become part of the popular zeitgeist probably 10 or 11 lines in it that everybody knows especially like lads of our age because oh yeah we've all seen it and obviously you know obviously the main ones probably get you know get to the chopper that's i don't know it's yeah. it's just been and even sort of like parodies in those parodying that movie as well that it's been done time and time and time again and it's just weird that it's like a collective kind of thought process that if you spoke to anybody of our age about Predator who'd seen it, you would have an instant bond because you know those lines. And everyone's nobody watches Predator once and goes, eh, that was all right. For some reason, exactly. you have to, people watch it four, five, six times. And it's such a brilliant, brilliant movie. You know what? I want to go watch it this weekend. <laughs> That's what I'm doing I'm on gonna, Saturday night. Well, Pred- Predators, the one with Adrian Brody, is on Disney at the moment. And I watched it Ooh. two nights ago. Good movie. Again. Got slated at the time. That is actually not a bad movie. It's pretty good, yeah. and I like the I like the theory behind it and the thought process. But yeah, 
I mean, that's just an obvious one. Me and my friend Gaz, we will quote the film, another Rani film, Commando, all day to oh, each other. God, yeah. Just hilarious. It's so bad. Such a bad, hilarious film. But Arnie makes... For some reason, Schwarzenegger, I don't understand. His films, aside from Predator, his early films were not amazing. And he's not a great actor. But for some reason, there's something about him that people yeah. love. And something about those movies that people love. I can't explain it. I, I, I could honestly it's... say, like, from that period onwards... He hasn't made a bad film. Yeah, at all. you might be right. Even be right. the Terminator ones, like the recent remakes that he's been in, they are saved by his presence. Yes. He's the only good bit in them. Yes. But I don't yet, think he, he has can't... made a bad film. <laughs> no, yeah. He he speaks he, he speaks English in all his films, yet he's got this mad accent that's never ever left. There's some words he can't <laughs> say properly. Nobody cares. He can exactly. be he he does like like shtick comedy at times in very serious movies yeah. and nobody nobody says it's a problem or calls him on it it's so bizarre exactly like if you take jingle all the way he's like the lead mattress salesman or bed salesman <laughs> yeah in this like suburban neighborhood no one wonders why a bed salesman is this huge jacked up Austrian guy and not like some fat balding like American guy it doesn't make any sense but he makes it work like it's even referenced in that film that he's so big and muscly and he he just gets brushed off because it's like yeah it's Arnie of course he is it's the weirdest thing he has this I've I've said a fair few times, there's not many people that I would ever think I'd love to meet that person. I'm not that celebrity. I don't really care about celebrities. It doesn't bother me. Yet Arnie is one guy I think, I'd fucking love to meet that guy. He had such a profound effect on my childhood growing up. I watched all of his movies 20 times and I still watch some of them now. Still. I watched Predator again about a year ago and it's so good. Yeah. But yeah, just bizarre. And then... My my serious bullshit because we both did film studies. I thought I'd better give a serious bullshit okay. answer. Okay. <laughs> my serious my serious bullshit answer is when in Psycho, Anthony Perkins or oh, sorry Norman is sat talking to oh my god what's uh, Marion in uh, Psycho. She's gone to the hotel and they're having supper together, and she says like oh have you got any friends? And he just says. And he kind of stammers it and he goes, well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. I fucking yeah. love everything about that line so much because it tells you everything you need to know. That one line, a boy's best friend is his mother. Seven words. Those seven words tell you everything about his psychological profile, exactly. everything about the way he thinks. It's so perfect. And me... Me and Tom Hanks have one of the same favourite films ever. Tom Hanks' favourite film ever is Jason and the Argonauts, one of my favourite films ever. And me and Sir Anthony Hopkins, shout out, A Silence of the Lambs, another very quotable movie, but me and Anthony Hopkins have the favourite... My favourite scene in any film ever is where Arbogast is looking at the book and Anthony Perkins leans over while he's chewing on seeds and the, the, the you can see him start to chew faster because he knows he's fucked it. He knows, like, yeah. oh, shit, this guy knows something. And that's my favorite scene in any movie ever. But that line, 
that line just gets me every single time. And I just, God. a boy's best friend is his mother. Fucking, it's so perfect. And I mentioned, <laughs> the only other one I was going to mention was um, the line that always makes me cry, which is, I've said before, Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump. He sees his son and says, is he smart or is he like me? Yes. And that yeah, line God. every time. Fucking that, tears. That is every pure time. heartstring tugging. God, uh, oh my, my God. My my last one, which again is a serious one with with film student buddies. So mine is from a film that we watched actually as part of film studies uh, called Ooh. Chunking Express. Ah, oh, Chunking uh, Express. Beautiful. Now, for those who don't know, I I am a huge fan of Hong Kong cinema, and and this is part of the the new wave of Hong Kong cinema that came out in like I think it's in the nineties, and it's. Basically, a stylized film that tells two separate stories that are interlinked based at this kind of like street food vendor, like this small cafe called uh, Chunking Express. And there are two separate stories. And in one of them, there is a guy who is just like pining over his ex-girlfriend. He's been recently dumped. And there's a couple of great quotes that came from him because I was feeling pretty miserable in love at the time. And they always stuck with me. And and this one even applies right now. You know, as a single man trying to, my best to get out on the dating scene and being kind of rejected or or not, not wanting to proceed with certain things. Th- this one is, we're all unlucky in love sometimes. When I am, I go jogging. The body loses water when you jog. So you have none left for tears. And that bit is just like, oh my God. God, it's depressing, but it's true. You Dude, I can see that. I can see that scene in my head. Exactly. I can see that scene in my head right now. Oh, oh what God. a film! I've not watched Chunking Express for about six or seven years. I don't think. Oh, it's an amazing film. But it's I, so I good. I think I do have it still on DVD. I might have to give it a watch soon. That is, it's a weird film. It's heartbreaking at times. And it's also funny at times. And yeah, the, the director, Wong Kar Wai, and his cinematographer, Chris Doyle, just worked together and made this absolute masterpiece. So good. Such a good film. You know, it's it's worth the whole two years worth of A-levels just to have been shown that film and get to write about it. Because it's just so much, so worth investigating in more detail and just not letting it pass you by. But yeah, that, yeah. that was one of the ones that stuck with me. I doubt many people have seen Chunking Express. If you don't mind the subtitles, and please, people, please watch films with subtitles. They're the best films. They're so good. You're missing so much <laughs> if you don't watch films with subtitles. The Chunking Express is a film everybody should watch. It's, I don't know, it's, like you said, it's it's heartbreaking at times. Other times it's kind of uplifting, and but it's very, very thought-provoking and, yeah, it's it's like a masterpiece of cinema. I couldn't agree more, mate. A yeah. and, and great I, choice. I, th- I think some of Wong Kar Wai's stuff is available. I think through the is it the BFI app that you can oh, get like be, yeah. through the Amazon Fire Stick, uh, and you can get like free trial for a week. So you know, if if you like film, give it give it a show. If if you're in the UK, it's worth giving yeah. it a try. But there yeah, I know we're, we're getting quite near to the end now, aren't we? Do we're, we? An, do we do in. a question without Benny here? Yes, I, I think yeah. we do because I like this question. Uh, All right, <laughs> he yeah, could just lighten things up. Yeah, <laughs> Susan Wright for like he he's treating his family as more important than us. 
the whole podcast family. Fucking disgraceful. Yeah. Uh, This one, it's it's minimal on the details, but that's why I like it. My son keeps pranking my old parents. What should I do? Now, to me, (laughs) this could this could be you know a tiny child like six or seven pulling silly pranks like jumping out from behind a door and yelling boo or like going gimme five on the side and that type of prank or it could be like a 15 year old <laughs> like going completely overboard with this poor elderly exactly exactly <laughs> like putting cling film over the toilet so poor granddad like gets poo all over his bum <laughs> <laughs> Because he ain't, he, he's old. He ain't standing up for a wee anymore. He'll be, he'll be stood up for like half an hour trying to push it out. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, it was the imagery for this one. I couldn't uh, get past it. The only logical explanation is you pull the fucking world's worst, most degrading prank on the sun and he learns a lesson. Ooh. You can oh. tell people you can tell people something until you're blue in the face. They will never ever listen to you. They don't believe you. The only way they're going to learn is to show them. So, I don't know. One day you maybe have the grandparents turn up outside his school or something saying whatever say his name's Bobby. You know, pictures of Bobby as a baby covered in poo or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. You got to fight fire with fire on this one, I think. Cuz I think clearly talking to him is not going to work. See, I, I wouldn't say that that's degrading. I, I would say the the old parents need to basically fake their own death as a prank. <laughs> but make the child the yes. cause of that. So if they are setting off firecrackers or if they are like cling film in the loo, granddad, poor granddad who was in there, is now on the floor in the toilet <laughs> with his pants down his ankles and poo everywhere. <laughs> Little Bobby's got to go in and sort that mess out. Because yeah. mum, mum or dad is too distraught. So, so is grandma. Bobby, it's down to you. You're the man of the house now. Granddad's dead. <laughs> You've got to go in there and sort him out. Again, All yeah. the while, granddad's sniggering. <laughs> to be fair with old people, even jumping out from behind a door saying boo could be catastrophic, couldn't it? Exactly. I mean, if they've you know if they've got dodgy hearts or something, you kind of be little Bobby's on the hook for fucking manslaughter. I mean, maybe he's getting his own back though. Maybe he's like saying, "Well, they started the prank war." Maybe they, you know they yeah. said, "You know what? They they actually fucked my future up because they're the ones who pranked me by voting for Brexit. They'll be dead soon. <laughs> I'm the one who's got to suffer with that." <laughs> I thought you were going to say, "Look, when Grandad when Grandad had me, he was holding me eighteen months old. He pretended to take my nose. So fucking game on. It is yeah. war." <laughs> Until it gives me that fucking nose back, <laughs> this yeah, is it. He never gave it me back, so that's it. I'm going to shove a potato up the exhaust pipe of their car and blow the engine out. See how they yeah. like it. That poor old Robin Reliant that they've got. All all Grandad wants to do is go for a drive and wave at other Robin Reliant owners. Ladies and gentlemen, that is how you end a fucking podcast. That is how you do a callback. There we go. Adam, anything else from you, mate? No, no, other than uh, thank you everyone for listening. I'll look forward to letting you listen to the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, folks. We'll talk to you later. See you, Luke.